85% of UK consumers who have access to the internet have used a price comparison website. That's according to research conducted by the Competition Markets Authority, which was commissioned in 2016 to assess whether these sites actually help people save money. By and large, price comparison websites came off from the study with a glowing report. Around 8 in 10 customers said using the sites meant they had made better choice of household services, but only 3% had made a complaint. So, price comparison websites appear to be good for consumers, but does that make them good investments? I'm Megan Boxall, and in this latest instalment of Boardroom Talk, I've been joined by Matthew Cromack, the chief executive of one of Britain's biggest price comparison websites, Go Compare. Matthew, hi. You, um, you said you weren't surprised by the outcome of the review. Why do you think that price comparison websites have grown so popular in the last decade? And how are you at Go Compare helping to turn that popularity into a decent return for your investors? Yeah. Uh, hi. Hi, Megan. Um, um, we, we weren't surprised but by the outcome of the review. Um, you know, we have an ongoing dialogue in any case with uh, regulators over time. And the regulators, as as you said, the CMA said there that we're, we're good for consumers. Um, and and after after ten years of um, simplifying uh, choices for consumers and and for millions of people, and we've saved over a billion pounds in reduced insurance bills over the last ten years. Um, it's unsurprising, therefore, that, that that the outcome of the study was people find them useful. Now, if you go back ten, eleven years. Um, when uh, services like this weren't available, consumers had to individually go from one insurer to another and go through insurance policies and compare them, compare prices. And so when initially it was Confuse.com was the first uh, price comparison website and then Go Compare uh, launched quite quickly afterwards, we took that pain away. Uh, and, and the particular differentiation that Go Compare focused on was not only focusing just on the price of that comparison, but also what people were getting uh, for that price as well. And it is actually quite complicated. Um, And so uh, consumers were able to enter in their details and then get a a list of policy features that they could um, compare one to another and then also compare the prices. Uh, And because of the simplicity of that, um, uh, over over time, tens of millions, literally tens of millions of UK working adults have engaged with services like ours and benefited from that. of course, 10 years ago, entering in your data into a website, um, 51 questions, I think, for car insurance. If you're a single driver and 65, if you have multiple cars, wasn't such a big deal. Uh, but roll forward in today's environment uh, where you have one-click purchasing for to buy a TV or um, uh, you can do things with your, your, your phone, your smartphone that you could, couldn't have dreamed of 10 years ago. Filling in 51 questions feels like a big deal. Uh, and so our, our challenge is to continually innovate um, for our consumers and continue to deliver uh, what our mission is, is to save people time and money. Uh, and we think that will be uh, relevant uh, today. It'll be relevant in three years. It'll be relevant in five years. Uh, but what we have to do as a company is be innovate and stay very, very fast in uh, developing software solutions, technology, that deliver that for consumers. Okay, so what sort of things have you done to the GoCompare platform in the last sort of twelve months? Yeah, there are some uh, some very uh, some very simple things uh, that we've been working on since uh, since we took over um, a new team took over uh, broadly uh, twelve to eighteen months ago. But I should say, first of all, how do we do that is a bit, is a bit really important question as well. 
because being a technology firm, it's all about how fast can you write new software. And the software is the technology that powers that experience that you see. And actually, what you see on the website, the, the, the sort of design is the easy bit. Mm-hmm. The logic that sits underneath that powers the results to come back is slightly more complicated stuff. So it's the, it's the knitting together data in the background. And we've been um, transforming the company to speed up how fast and how regularly we can make those changes. And so we're making changes to the site very frequently now, uh, every week, and measuring the changes uh, so that we can test with consumers what we're doing and then increase uh, click-throughs and conversion from consumers, which ultimately is, is, can increase revenue and profit for the business. Now, examples of those would be year one, you've done a, an insurance quote, you've switched using our service, and then a year later, you come back, and rather than having to fill everything in again, we send you an email uh, with the renewal price, you click on the link, all your data is already there, and all you need to do is say, yes, I'll stay with where I am, or no, I'll switch. Mm-hmm. And that simplicity of service, if you like, or experience is what we're aiming for. But of course, you know, we're looking for even even simpler routes to help consumers to, to make it even easier. And that's and, and policies like car car insurance are complicated by nature. So we're trying to simplify that. Mm-hmm. Okay, just just a little bit of background for listeners. You just said there 12, 12 to eighteen months of a of a new team. Go Compare was spun out of the insurance group Eshore um, in twenty sixteen. Gained it gained its own stock market listing, and it's been a pretty decent first year. Shares are currently trading thirty six percent higher than they were at the IPO price. Um, interim revenues, which you reported in August, um, they're up twenty seven percent in the last couple of years. Do you think the first full year as an independent operator has gone as planned? First of all, um, you said it went quite well. We're delighted, mm-hmm. <laughs> naturally. Um, it was, uh, we've, we've had a lot of um, uh, transformational work to do with the company. We have, just so your, your listeners will understand, we have about 200 people in one office in South Wales. Uh, and so we've got a high degree of business productivity from a small number of people. Uh, and so by spending time transforming that small number of people to do even better and to go even faster, you get a very, very high rate of return on that activity. And so we've been spending a lot of time in this first six months and even right now doing that. So in, in this first year of operation, our focus was really on disciplined transformation and putting ourselves in a business. So over the next few years, we can really transform this company into into very, very different phases altogether. So at the half year in August when we, when we released those results, of course, we're, we're very happy that we were able to, to generate um, uh, a, strong, a strong profit growth. And uh, that, that, that's, that's, that's the work we're continuing right now. So we're very, very pleased with where we are. So look, looking at those numbers in a little bit more detail, you reported a 4% increase in revenues in the insurance part of the business at 71 million. That's the vast majority of your overall sales. But that was considerably lower than the 18% insurance growth supported by Money Supermarket, which is the other listed mm. price comparison website. Why do you think insurance revenue growth at Go Compare is trailing its peers? Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's, it's great to look at revenue. I think then it's also useful to look at the profit that's generated from that revenue and to also compare those numbers when you're doing that um, uh, uh, with, with uh, greater than 20% operating profit growth. I think you'll, you'll, if you compare that, it would be very favourable on, on those metrics, uh, which weren't the same. For us, it's about disciplined growth. And in, in the world of e-commerce and technology, where you can essentially buy business through Google, it's very easy to make the top line look good. 
And you know, it would have been easy for us actually to increase uh, the top line of this business by simply spending more. We chose not to. And we've made conscious choices right the way through to maintain disciplined business growth, uh, which we think represents a better return for shareholders at the end of the day. So um, revenue outside of the insurance business is growing much more quickly, but it is from a lower base. Are you planning on expanding into other areas in price comparison? Yeah, you know, we, we, we had a big debate about that up front when we all arrived and everybody had an opinion that, you know, we should do lots more activity, we should build credit card comparators, we should do all these different things. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm not so sure that that is uh, the smartest thing uh, for um, the best allocation of capital, which is how do we spend our cash? How do we uh, uh, divert our resources, our people into which projects? Uh, and so certainly we're very interested in doing much better in our core business by innovating there. So that's the, the core insurance business, things like car and home. There are other sectors like energy, which are also ripe, I think, for consumers just getting a better experience overall and saving lots of money. Um, so those, I think those are core. I mean, you'll see it in our advertising today. Uh, we call out car, home, energy. You know, I think those are core things. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happens in three, four years' time, I don't know. Okay. Uh, but for certainly right now, those are core focuses. Yeah, interesting you mentioned energy because energy is the thing that Money Supermarket has really struggled with in the last sort of six months. Do you not have any concerns that the price cap or the proposed price cap will stop people from switching providers? Let's look at the fact. Um, the price cap will save people some money in the next year, right? That That's for sure. But the, the concern is, of course, that it, it creates a false sense of security amongst consumers. They don't need to switch. But if, if you step back a little bit from, from all of this, then only a, a relatively uh, modest group of consumers today switch already on energy. And, you know, it's in 20, 20% range. Yet every single day in the papers, you read something about how uh, energy companies are ripping, ripping us off, how you should switch, how there's money to be saved. Yet that's not transforming into consumer behaviour. So it's not for want of <laughs> activity out there and press activity and messages. I think it's a requirement that we innovate better as an industry and use uh, data from the industry to help consumers understand what they have to do. There is a fear, I think, amongst consumers that if they somehow switch their electricity, they won't have any. <laughs> uh, and, and this is from research. This is, this, is, this is real insight from consumers. I'm worried about what will happen to my supply if I switch. And therefore, I think uh, um, there is a certain amount of uh, requirement on us to innovate and to help consumers understand that. That's what we're working on. Uh, it, we have a very small energy business today. It's, it's nothing like in comparison with the money supermarket and others. Uh, others energy businesses but we think that's an interesting area and so we're very excited about working on that okay you have begun spending a bit more on online pay-per-click advertising um and in the interims that sent sales costs up a little bit why is this type of marketing necessary in in today's digital world yeah it, it, it's a uh it's a great question. Um, why do we have to give Google money? You know, <laughs> saying really, um, listen, it's a form of advertising. It's a form of advertising when when you and I search for something in Google and a list of um, answers comes back from from the search dialog box. In a way, those first three or four slots at the top are a way of advertising your brand. Um, okay, you're not on television, but you are there at the top of the page, and it is a way of promoting that. Not being there. Has has costs in that um, your your uh, visibility to consumer drops. Um, now, there are paid ways of doing that when you're bidding for those positions within somewhere like Google, 
And there are also ways of ensuring that the content that you're surfacing in your website is relevant so that Google's search algorithms and engines pick up and service that, uh, serve up that content in a way which is essentially free. Okay. And that's when you don't when you don't click on a link which says wh- where there is no ad mm-hmm. on there. That's free for us, and we work hard on that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're very focused. In fact, we're even more focused on unpaid advertising, that organic, what we call organic search, as we are on the uh, pay per click. Yeah, is that because the pay per click, the the little yellow box which says which you actually pay for mm-hmm. the ad, is that because it's a more expensive way of getting? Yeah, it, it, it for sure is, but it's all about a blend of different spends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, we look at a portfolio of a big bucket of marketing spend, and we just look about trying to find the best and most efficient way of uh, of doing that. And we've been doing a good job, and you mm-hmm. see that in our numbers. Yeah. Okay. So, um, does that mean sort of TV marketing and the the infamous Geo? Does that mean he's going to be less important in the next uh, phase? Of we play? love Geo. Um, he's very effective um, and he's more effective as a creative vehicle than other creative characters because we have to spend less Mm. uh, I remember when you said that to me once before and you said uh, more more effective than Meerkat or the man with the big bottom which uh, (laughs) (laughs) was a great quote (laughs) I can't remember saying that but uh, no it's true we we spend relatively less and get more brand awareness um, and that's because the character and what he sings um, of course is very memorable Mm. Uh, some people might say it's a little annoying, but um, uh, you know, what it is, it's very memorable uh, and therefore creates great brand awareness and gives us good ad recall. Um, mm-hmm. So it's good for us. Okay. And then just finally, um, I wanted to ask you about the dividend. So you announced, and that's your first interim dividend in August, 0.7 pence a share, which was 22% of post-tax profit. Um, and at the IPO, you guided to 20 to 40%. So would it be fair to speculate that the payment that you've actually decided on, which is at the lower end of the guidance, is slightly cautious? Listen, I'm, I'm, I, won't, I won't speculate on certainly what we'll do in, do in the future. Um, what we've said all along is that we had a range um, and that that range would uh, depend on the opportunities uh, for the business. We've been um, very successful in delevering the business, i.e., reducing uh, debt relative to our our profitability as a business. And, and I'm very pleased with the progress we've made. We've and we've also said that we're interested in investing some of our cash uh, into innovation and ideas that can generate long-term benefits. Uh, and we're very confident that those ideas over time uh, will help, I think, create real value for the group. Uh, and that, that, I think that's a great, great capital allocation. It's not investing capital necessarily into our existing core systems. Um, we, we're not doing that. Uh, but you've seen a couple of examples already of where we've invested into startup businesses. So we did uh, Mortgage Gym uh, in August, which is a startup robo-advice mortgage provider. Uh, so we took a minority position in them and we invested in a a uh, female entrepreneur out in Dubai called Amberine Musa and Souk Almal, uh, who are the uh, money supermarket.com of uh, the uh, GCC countries, so okay. including United Arab Emirates. So. Okay, so is that an area of the world that you see growth in this type of business? You know, what we, um, the, the geography is less important than the individual and the company. Okay. Amberine's a really interesting entrepreneur. Um, she's solving many of the same problems we were trying to solve 10 years ago. Uh, with the added benefit of today's technology. Mm-hmm. And so we're learning a lot from what she's doing. And at the same time, she's able to learn a lot from us and the founders of our business. And it's, it's a great way of, uh, of creating uh, learning and, uh, and speed. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's great. Thank you very much, Matthew, for coming in. Good, good to talk to you. Um, and thank you for listening to this latest episode of Boardroom Talk. For more episodes, head to our website, Acast or iTunes.